Hey there, I'm Gina Keeping, ex-classroom teacher turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And not too long ago, overwhelm and stress was my norm. Now I have created a life where I help others find their passions by giving women the runway to take that one day daydream to a thriving business. Welcome to the Keeping It Real podcast, where each week I bring you an inspiring person or message where we talk about all things life and business related, where our conversations are real, the information is inspiring, there's a splash of fun, lots of laughs, and we dive into life lessons and the deep conversations about all the things. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you like today's podcast. On today's episode, I talk with Taylor Arco. All the way from Seattle, she is a trained and certified life coach and a soon-to-be marriage and relationship therapist. We talk about so many things on today's episode, including how to ditch our preconceived vision of what a timeline is, how to create our own visions and live life according to our own values. We talk about how to grow and strengthen our relationships. Oh, we just talk about and cover so many things. So hang tight and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Well, welcome, welcome. I'm super excited. Today we have Taylor Arco, all the way from Seattle. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Me too. It's so exciting. I know this is going to sound creepy, but I've been following you for a while (laughs) and love everything that you stand for. So I'm super excited that you're here. Um, But for those people who haven't creeped you on Facebook and Instagram, would you just take a moment and introduce yourself and tell our listeners what it is you do? Yeah. Hi, I'm Taylor Arco. I was born and raised in Southern California. I am now a full-time certified life coach and a student to become a marriage and family therapist. I'm 22 years old, and this is something that I'm just insanely passionate about. Wow. I can't believe you're 22 and (laughs) you already have everything figured out. Like That's pretty amazing. (laughs) Have you always been this ambitious? Um, no, honestly, I think it's, it's newfound. So it wasn't probably until the last two years that I've really been so ambitious and had such lofty goals. And a lot of that was just my personal development growth that led me here. I am so glad that you brought that up because I feel the common thread of everybody who I interview, it's personal development that really helps you bridge that gap from where you are, what you think you're capable of, and then what you go for. Um, And you have some rituals that you do daily, yes? Yes, I'm a huge rituals person. I love a schedule. My morning routine is the most important part of my day. I journal daily. I do gratitude daily, which I've started making a public thing. Um, And the inspiration that it's created in others is just amazing to see. And then I also make sure I get movement in daily and some sort of being outside to some extent just for a little bit. Um, Those are the things that I found work really well for me. Same here. And I actually, um, because I believe in morning routine so much, I actually created a morning routine course because for me, it has been the biggest game changer. And it's so nice to hear somebody else as well who focuses on that. And once again, something else that we have in common. So it's pretty cool. Um, But have you always had this vision of owning your own business? When you say it's newfound, like what was your, I guess, mission when you were kind of leaving school and coming into the space? Like, 
How did it change? And what was the catalyst for that change? Oh my gosh, no, this is so, so new for me. So uh, 13, 14 months ago, I thought I was going to be a nurse. I was going to go to nursing school. And I just found that that was kind of my safe zone. That was something that I knew was a safe career. I knew I would like it. And so that felt good. And I just had this realization that like, that's not the position I want to put myself in. I want to do something that I'm passionate about. And so I switched my whole path and I decided to apply to graduate school to become a marriage and family therapist. And then a few months after applying to grad school, I was like, well, I don't want to wait to help people. So what can I do now to help people? Um, And so I decided to go and get my certificate to become a life coach. And I did that. And I had a job on the side that I was doing because that was safe. I had a secured income. The problem with that is that my life coaching business wasn't growing because I couldn't dedicate enough time to it. And so I just kind of took this leap of faith and it really worked well. That's amazing. And it comes down to that faith, right? We often just need to have faith and trust that things are going to work out. And I think we all have this uh, you know, intuition that we often ignore, but everybody who I talk to who have listened to that intuition, they've never been led wrong. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, it's kind of the self-fulfilling prophecy of, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I'll be successful at it. And so you stay in the safe zone. And because you stay in that zone, you're not putting your full effort towards it. And so you're not seeing success. And then you're going, see, I'm not successful at it. Absolutely. And our brain does that. I'm fascinated with the brain. And I'm really glad you brought that up because part of our brain, I don't know if you've ever heard the part of the reticular activating system, like whatever we believe, our brain filters all of our thoughts to actually see that. So a lot of people say, well, that's just who I am. But no, it's those thoughts that keep regurgitating itself. And then your brain goes, that's why, that's why, that's why. Exactly. It's like when you're shopping for a new car, and then the car that you've been looking at, suddenly you start seeing it everywhere. How funny you said that. I, I gave that example on a previous <laughs> podcast, but it's so true. It's, you know, what you see, you know, you see more of. And I'm infatuated with Tony Robbins. I did my life coaching training with him and did all of his seminars. And he talks about where focus goes, energy flows. And I live my life by that. Yes, it's so true. So um, you're going to be a counselor for um, marriage and relationship, which I love. But a lot of our listeners might be thinking, what is the difference between life coaching and therapy? Because I feel two of those worlds maybe get meshed together. But could you just take a moment and explain what the difference is? I'm so glad you asked. It's the number one question I get. And I understand why. They are definitely in a similar area. And it's a very fine and blurry line between the two. But the biggest difference and the most simple way I can explain it is that therapy is going to be focused on mental health disorders, mental illnesses, things like that, where you need a prescription, you need to go through insurance because you need treatment in that sense. It's going to look at your past and how it's affecting you and resolving some previous traumas, things like that. Whereas life coaching is more future focused. So it's what are your goals and how do we get there? What are the roadblocks on the way? What's your mentality? And how do we shift that so that you believe in yourself? So it's a lot more future focused and we really focus on the positive aspects and believing in ourselves in that sense. Oh, I love that. And it's, it's so true how our thoughts really dictate our future. Yeah, they really do. 
Um, the other thing too is that um, I'm going to go back to the relationship uh, piece, if you don't mind. But you and your yeah. partner, um, you do something biweekly that I absolutely love. And I love that you guys are so focused on relationship building because I feel a lot of us, we take relationships for granted. Um, we don't put the effort in. And I love that you do this, but I don't want to tell it. I want you to explain to our listeners the thing that you guys do biweekly that I feel has transformed your relationship. It really has. We started doing it when we moved in together because I think that's a huge shift in dynamic when you go from just dating to like living together. Um, and so we started doing that just to kind of help resolve things. And, you know, we're spending so much time together. It's important to talk about like our needs. So it's bi-weekly and there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. The commitment to this check-in is a commitment to your relationship. The rules are you can only talk about the previous two weeks and the next two weeks. We're not going to bring up fights from a year ago. That's not helpful. So we talk about a few things, but we started off on a good note. Hey, this is what I've been working on on myself in the last two weeks. And then we both say what we've been working on. And then we affirm each other. I've noticed that you've been doing this and I really appreciate it. Hey, I noticed this and I think you're doing great at X, Y, and Z, whatever it is. And then we're, we're both feeling really lovey, right? We just complimented the other person. We got complimented. We're, we're on a really high note. And so we can kind of shift into what do I need? So this is what I want more of or less of in the next two weeks. And it could be, I want more date nights or I want more quality time. But it could also be individually focused. So I want more alone time. I want more sleep. I want more vegetables. It doesn't matter. It's just so that your partner knows what you need so that they can help you. They can hold you accountable, all of that. So now we're talking about our needs. We're still on a good note. Everything's really happy. And then we can kind of shift into like, hey, do you want to plan something for the next two weeks? It could be a date night. It could be, you know, an adventure, a whole trip. It doesn't matter, but just intentional time that you've planned out. And then the last question after you've had this really fun conversation is like, is there anything that feels unresolved from the last two weeks? And that's why that rule is so important is because you know, this is only from the last two weeks. We got to resolve it right now because at our next check-in, we're not allowed to talk about this. And so it keeps us from bringing up fights from three months ago, a year ago, whatever it may be. And it's not in the heat of the argument. So we're going to have a lot more fluid conversation about it. I absolutely love that. And um, I watched your YouTube video um, with you and your partner explaining this. And I was like, that is brilliant. So I've been kind of sneaking it in with, with my husband and uh, I don't think he realizes exactly what I'm doing, but he doesn't say it back yet, but I ask those questions and I think it's so important to carve out that time and be intentional because as we both know, like life can get so busy, but our relationships are so important. Yeah, exactly. I think it's, it's too easy to get lost in the mundane. You forget to appreciate what your partner's doing and notice the things that you're doing or not doing. And it forces you to really be mindful about like, what do I want? What's been going on and all of that. So you end up really appreciating your partner a lot more. Yeah. And even the the resolution of like not talking about old fights because sometimes when you're in the heat and emotion, you're like, Oh, remember that time 10 years ago, but it really focuses you to have those rules in place where you're like, Nope, that was the past. And what are we going to focus on now? And I think that's really cool. Thank um, you. 
So for our listeners, if they're thinking, okay, I'd like to do this, how could they start? Like, what would you recommend would be the first question or maybe two questions that they could begin with to start this process with their partner? So me and my partner, we actually sat down and agreed upon the questions that we would ask bi-weekly. So we never changed the questions. They're the same questions. And we agreed upon that when we first started. So we sat down and decided what are the things that we need to talk about? A big one is we want to feel resolved in any issues that have come up. So that's why we had that. We chose affirmations because we want to consciously be looking for those things in each other. And sometimes you forget to compliment your partner. So I think it's important to sit down with your partner and talk about what are the things that you need to talk about. Your questions might look different if you have kids, if you don't live together, if you're doing long distance, your questions are going to look different. And so I would recommend just sitting down and talking about what are the things that you want to always talk about. That's a really good suggestion. And you're right, because people have different circumstances and they might need different things. I love that. I'm going to do that with my husband. (laughs) He doesn't know it yet. (laughs) That's great. Um, And the other thing that you guys do is you do a lot of snowboarding together. Yes, we do. We are very outdoorsy. We live in the Pacific Northwest. There's mountain ranges on all four sides. Um, We love snowboarding. It's the hobby that we have together. I love it. Have you always been a snowboarder or is this a new thing for you? No. So my fiance has been snowboarding for 12, 13 years. I just started snowboarding this year. It's my first season. Um, I was a college athlete. And so I didn't have the opportunity to snowboard because that was during my season. You are rocking the snowboard. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I've been a snowboarder now for a couple of years as well. And um, it's a lot of fun. It's such a great thing to do with your partner. Um, I live in Newfoundland, so we have a really good proper winter. But it's always such a fantastic thing to be outside in nature. And that's one of my tools in my toolkit. And I think it is for you as well. Yeah, yeah. It's um, I always get outside just for 10 or 15 minutes a day, even if it's just walking to coffee, whatever it might be, Um, because I think it's important to connect. And especially in the times that we're in, it's really easy to accidentally stay inside for a week straight. So just to get outside, have that fresh air, you know, practice some mindfulness, maybe meditate while you're doing it. Just take it all in. Absolutely. And I feel that that meditation can be different things for different people. You know, snowboarding can be a form of meditation. Walking can be a form of meditation. I think sometimes we get caught up in what exactly it's supposed to look like. So I'm really glad you brought that up. Um, Your college sport was uh, cross country. Yes. Track. Awesome. Um, and I actually, I wrestled in university, so that was my sport. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. So really cool that we both have that uh, background for me. My history with sports and, you know, being regimented and training, do you feel that for you, it's made a difference in how you're disciplined and growing your business and managing everything and just creating this vision of your life and going for it? Would you say there's a connection there? Yeah, um, I'm a very competitive person. But luckily, my sport groomed me not to be competitive with other people, but, but to be competitive with myself because it was objectively marked. And so I'm very competitive with myself. I compare how many podcast interviews I have this week to next week to see if I'm doing better or my follower account or whatever it might be. So 
that competitiveness definitely drives me to be better in all areas, but especially in life coaching. I'm constantly looking for other certifications. I'm always reading articles. I just want to be the best that I can be. And I think my sport also just made me a very determined, motivated, hardworking person. Um, and that applies to my life in all aspects now. Yeah, it definitely shows. And uh, I feel those are great characteristics and myself included. Um, I find that it's a competition with myself as well. Sometimes when I'm playing hockey, I'll be honest, that competition comes out in other areas, but mostly it's a competition with yourself to push the drive. Um, and I think that's really important. I'm going to totally flip back to life coaching again. Um, but is there one myth that you would like to debunk about this industry? Yes. I think with life coaching and therapy really is that we don't seek help until we need help. And I think that's the biggest problem is with our physical health, we're all about preventative care, right? We eat healthy, we work out, we go and get our teeth cleaned every six months. But what do we do for our mental health? We go and see a therapist when we're already deep in our depression. I think we need to start seeing mental health professionals before the fact, because if they can give us those tools and resources, then when an issue comes up, we're already equipped versus an issue coming up and then us trying to resolve that and learn. And it's going to be so much harder. Oh, I could not agree more. And one of my missions is to normalize mental health the same way that we normalize physical health. Um, we get patted on the back when we you know, go for a walk or we exercise or we post that selfie of us working out. I want that to be the same message and the same dialogue for mental health. And it's so important. And I've had my own struggles of mental health, um, you know, and it's not an easy journey and people are not talking about it enough. Exactly. I completely agree. That's why one of my missions is to normalize mental health, especially in the sense of preventative care. I think that's really the key for me is I want it to be seen as preventative care. Whether it's even checking in with your therapist every six months, once a month, whatever you feel comfortable with, just to make sure you're on the right track, maybe learn some things. Maybe, you know, it's nice to talk to a professional about things. Um, I also am very open with my own struggles with mental health, how I'm currently seeing a therapist weekly. That's why I post my gratitude daily. Like I want other people to see that, like, it's okay to talk about. I love that. And I love the, uh, the three daily things that you do. Um, I'm going to start tagging you as well, because I do them every single day and I have a toolkit and I truly believe that these tools should be taught in the schools. Um, as a teacher, I brought it upon myself and brought these tools into my classroom when I see the impact that it's had on our children, but it needs to be more of a conversation. And like you say, yes, talk to a therapist, but also work on your own mental health as well. And for our listeners, like even doing something like gratitude daily reaching out to somebody um, like a therapist and actually talking, hiring a life coach to walk you through your struggles and work on your goals. Like these are all things that are tangible. And some of them are even free. Like there's so much information on the internet that you can actually start an effective morning routine that will make a huge impact. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, journaling is one of my favorites. It has proven benefits. It's been studied and it's shown that people are more productive. They're happier. They're more creative. They're more likely to get a promotion. They live longer. Like there's so many benefits just to journaling. Imagine if you journaled and did other things. Exactly. And once again, it's making that time. It's carving time out for your mental health. Like we will say, I'm going to go to that boot camp class or I'm going to do this. Like, 
make that time for your mental health too, you know? Yeah, I completely agree. I could talk about this all day long. (laughs) But for somebody who's listening and they're like, okay, this is great. Um, I have somebody who I'm talking to already. I talked to my best friend. I talked to my, um, my uncle Joe down the street. I don't really need to talk to, you know, or get help from a life coach. What advice would you give to somebody who is potentially thinking that right now that they don't need someone on the outside? Mm -hmm. I would just ask them, if you break your wrist, who do you go to? Do you go to your friend because they watched Grey's Anatomy? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think we forget to respect that therapists are doctors and life coaches are trained in that area. Like they are way more equipped. They went through the schooling. I spent over a hundred hours to get my life coaching certificate. I will spend over three years to become a therapist. We are way more educated than the average person in the same way that doctors are for physical health. Dentists are like, I don't have my fiance clean my teeth for me. So I think we really need to respect the professionals and understand that, yes, we can talk to people, but your best friend is going to have the advice that they've decided is the best based off their one experience. They're not reading 10 articles a day. They're not looking at research studies. They didn't go through the schooling. So yeah, it's nice to talk to a friend and they might have good advice. We also have to remember that a lot of their advice is going to be lacking education behind it. Absolutely. And very one-sided. Yeah, exactly. And I think too, um, what seems to hold some people back is that the life coaching world is a little bit watery right now. Um, There's no regulations. So anybody can really call themselves a life coach. And if you're listening to this and you're nodding and going, yeah, that's why I haven't done it. then just do your research. Like Taylor, like she's already said, is registered. She knows her stuff. She's done her education. Like actually do the research yourself. Don't let it be a reason why you don't reach out and get some guidance along the way. Yeah. The biggest thing I can say is make sure the life coach that you're seeing is certified. And aside from that, like ask about their certification, what was required. Mine required practicum hours. I had to submit homework. I had to take tests. I had to commit a certain amount of hours weekly to it. It took six months to get. And I was taught by a very well-known therapist and life coach. He's both. And he created this curriculum. So just like me and you, I'm sure, like our certifications are very valid. Yeah. And I think it's important to do your research and to really see if you resonate. Most life coaches will have a 30-minute clarity call or a discovery call, uh, a one-time thing where you can see if you are a good fit. Don't just settle. Just reach out and see if you can resonate. And if not, that's okay, too. But don't let the lack of education hold you back is what I would say as well. Yeah, exactly. And the nice thing is if you meet with a life coach and you're not in their their scope, they'll likely recommend you to someone else. They'll find someone who specializes in whatever you need. We have a really good system because of our certification. We have a lot of colleagues. And it's so true because you have one person that you have a meeting with just because that's not a good fit, just keep going until you find someone. Like you say, a good life coach will point you in the right direction. I absolutely love that. Um, Taking a little bit of a different shift in the conversation, how important would you say it is to be really intentional about your vision? If I had somebody listening here um, who was like, oh my goodness, I want to be a life coach. Like I want to help people the way Taylor does and Gina does. And I'd like to create this life because essentially right now you're able to travel and work from your computer. 
Yeah. Um, I think it's really important. You know, I did a lot of journaling to figure out what I wanted my life coaching practice to look like, who I wanted to work with, where I wanted to take it in the long run. Journaling for me is the best way for me to find a vision because I can spit it all out on paper and it's going to look like a jumbled mess. And then I can come back to it and find the parts that make sense. So I think it's really important to have a clear vision of like what you want this aspect of your life to look like. Yeah. And be intentional with it. And I always say like, ask the better questions. Don't just fall into this idea of what you should be, but really ask yourself, like, what kind of life and vision do I want for myself? And um, part of your vision, which I absolutely love, you and your partner have a long vision, which is coming into reality. Share your long-term vision and how it's coming into fruition. Yeah. So our long-term vision is to live in an Airstream full-time and travel all of North America, South America, wherever we can get it and just see more of the world. So I went to a college in a different state. I now live in a different state. I've lived in three different states in my life. I've been to multiple countries and all of that, I think has really provided me with a good worldview. I understand how people live in other areas and what it means and where they're coming from. And so I want to continue to expand that, especially while I'm young, I don't have kids. I don't have any commitments in that sense. And so I really think now is the time for me to travel and just become more culturally educated and understand other people and meet people and see everything. And so we are moving into our Airstream in September and we'll be traveling in it for at least six months, maybe a year. Um, And yeah, I'm just so excited. I'm so excited for you. I really am. And I think it's really cool that you are creating your vision and you're going for it and you're taking inspired action and you're making ways to do it. If our listeners are in more of like a lack mindset right now and saying, oh, I wish I could do that. What advice would you give them to give them maybe a little spark to think that they could do it? I think like the biggest thing that I ask my clients is they'll say like, oh, well, I just can't or I wish I could or whatever. And I want to know, like, where are you getting the criteria that says you can't? Where's the list that says if you are X, Y or Z, like you can't? Because right now you can't, but you could, you just have to change things. Like in order to have a different life, you have to do something different, right? So yeah, nothing's going to change if you stay the same because you're not changing either. But I really think like anything is within our reach. We're just going to have to put the effort out there. We might have to take a leap of faith. We might have to risk it. I had to quit my job that I was talking about earlier because I wasn't growing my life coaching business in the way that I wanted to. And it was definitely a risk because I could have quit my job and maybe like my life coaching business still didn't work out, but it did. And looking back now, after I've overcome that fear and seen the success, I should have known it was going to, as long as I put the effort in. And so I really think that we can make things capable for ourselves in any sense, but we have to do something different. Absolutely. The same actions will produce the same results. So we had to change it up and we have to force ourselves to think differently too, because if we're stuck in this perpetuating cycle of thinking that you can't, then you're never going to look at the possibilities that you can. Yes, exactly. I think like the best way to do it is 
it, find your goal and then write down every way that you can reach that goal. And you're not allowed to filter yourself. Don't go to write something down and be like, well, that wouldn't work because no, it's just write everything down. And then after you've written things down, then below those, write a subsection of, okay, how can I do these things? And you'll figure out maybe half your list becomes unrealistic, but you can't filter your ideas. I love it. Love it. Love it. And it's very true. We often stop the thought before we even give it any chance. And we're like, nope, got to shut that one down. There's no way I can do it. But just allowing yourself to see possibilities. It's huge. I love it. Um, what would you say the biggest challenges for you right now in running an online business? I think the biggest thing for me was just getting comfortable making my life so public. Most of what I put is scientifically backed research and the results of that research so people can see what they can do. Um, Like I was talking about journaling, things like that. But aside from that, I still share my life. So part of my goal is to make mental health more normalized. And in order to do that, I have to share my story. And that's been really uncomfortable for me. Um, but what that's done is it's actually grown my business is because people know the person behind the name. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I can so relate to that. Um, before I became a business owner, I was very private. I didn't talk about my emotions as a teacher. I had to, you know, behave a certain way. Um, and when you're trying to make a change, you really have to show up authentically and that's really challenging. Yeah. Yeah. But bravo to you, because as you show you in your beautiful glory, you're giving other people that permission to be themselves. And there's just something beautiful about that when people look up to you and say, oh, okay, that gives me permission to let down my walls. And you can't put a price tag on that, you know? So I guess that's the reward that comes with it. So bravo to you. And I do feel you are changing the dialogue, um, which was another reason why I wanted to get you on this podcast, because I think more people need to talk about it. And in order to do that, we have to have the uncomfortable conversations and show people all sides of us. Keep up that, please. (laughs) Um, If you could tell your younger self something, what would it be? If I could tell my younger self something, it would be that there's no timeline to your life. I think in college, especially, I got really caught up in like, well, I need to know what I want to do by, you know, the time I'm 18 so that I can decide my major and all of this. And, and there's no timeline. I was so stressed about not having a career right out of college or not being in a relationship or whatever it is. And when I let go of all of those fears and all of those concerns and just started accepting my life as it was, everything actually fell into place a lot easier. That is beautiful. And you know what? I wish I knew that at a younger age too, because we put so much pressure on ourselves to be a certain way, to follow a certain road, to, you know, get your major. Like I have three degrees and put my head down and just went. And I never asked myself, really, is this what I want? Or allowed it to come naturally. I was very much of a hustle mentality. And I really believe this hustle mentality is not, uh, it's not healthy. It's not that you don't work hard. That's not what I'm saying. I think we're both very hard workers. But this mentality of head down hustle, I think it could be quite damaging sometimes. I completely agree. I think, you know, there's like when people say, oh, I'm a workaholic or, oh, I'm a perfectionist. There's like pride behind that statement. And I don't know that that should be the case because to be a workaholic or to be a perfectionist means that you're 
foregoing other areas of your life to like perfect this one area. And yeah, it's good to work hard, but it's also good to take rest. It's also good to have a social life. Yes. And that's another thing I want to normalize. I want to normalize rest. I want to normalize sitting down with a good book and a nice latte. Like we often feel guilty when we do those things because society tells us, oh, you got to hustle. You have to do this. Like don't take time for yourself. So I love that you're having that conversation too. And we need to normalize those things because when we take that downtime, that's good for our mental health too. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes, you know, when you take a nap and then you wake up and you're way more productive, like sometimes the rest actually produces better results. Absolutely. And that comes from the sport background too. Like you need your rest days, right? You need yes. your, your foam rolling days. I don't know what I would do without those now, um, <laughs> but it's those recovery days, you know, allow you to show up better, stronger, all of the things. Yeah. Um, do you have any other questions or any little gold nuggets that you would like to leave our listeners that we haven't covered so far? Gosh, I feel like we covered so much. Like, I feel like there's so much treasure in this podcast. Um, But I think like the biggest thing is just take like what we said and start applying those things. Like we said, like do your research, practice that preventative care, try coming up with some sort of morning routine, even if it's one little thing that just starts your day off on a good note. Like just take some of these things that we said in this podcast and try and apply them. And if they work, then, you know, like you're changing your life little by little. And changing the lives of those around you too. Have you noticed that when you started doing this work that you've been making an impact on your family and friends too? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is the impact that it's made on my friends. A lot of my friends are still in college and so they're seeing what I'm doing and I think they're realizing they don't have to stick to the major that they decided. They can they can change their path at any time. They're feeling really inspired to go and try new things. I love what you just said, that you can change your path at any time. And that's so true because often when we're in it, we're like, oh, I just got to finish it. You know, I love that. Um, Do you have anybody in your life that you would say has been really influential in all these changes that you've made? My fiance, I credit him to like, this is all my work and this is all my doing, but he's my biggest fan. Like, on the days that I feel like I'm not doing well, you know, there's still imposter syndrome. There's still those days of doubt, but he's always right in my corner. He's always pushing me. He's always hyping me up. And if it weren't for him, I don't know that I would be here. He's definitely helped push me out of my comfort zone. I absolutely love you guys. (laughs) I really do. And I love how you openly share because once again, it's really hard to share these things, but the healthy relationship that you have and how you rely on one another I think it's really beautiful. So thank you guys for letting those walls down and sharing that because it's not easy. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, Okay, so this is my absolute, not that any other part wasn't my favorite, but I love (laughs) this part because it's rapid fire. And what I do is I just ask you a series of questions and you have to answer the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Are you ready? Oh, I'm nervous. Okay, I'm ready. Don't be nervous. This is the fun <laughs> part. We just talked about all the serious stuff. <laughs> okay. Who is your favorite spice girl? My favorite spice girl, baby spice. Nachos or tacos? Tacos. A nickname that you used to have or still have? Tay Tay Who. If you could travel back in time, where would you go? The 90s. Love the 90s, I gotta say. Um, who's your favorite Harry Potter character? 
Oh my gosh. I never got into Harry Potter. It scared me when I was little. Um, Seattle or California? California. Your favorite sport? Um, I love, I love track. Uh, sunrise or sunset? Sunset. We West Coast, we have the best sunsets. That's what I grew up with. Um, I've seen some of your sunsets in California, like mind blowing. I'm very jealous because <laughs> we have we have beautiful sunrises here. Um, but I'm a sucker for the beach too. Um, <laughs> what's your go to order from your favorite restaurant? Oh my gosh, sushi is my favorite food, and I love a rainbow roll. Oh my goodness, yum. Um, your favorite place to snowboard. My favorite place to snowboard, uh, probably Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Oh, never been. Um, what's your favorite trick that you've taught your puppies? I taught my dog to say sorry. I still can't get over that. That blows my mind. Um, what's your go-to song if you need to pick me up like a dance jam? Oh, that's such a good question. I love, I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. Love that. Um, if you could win an Olympic medal for any sport, real or fake, what would it be? Oh, that's such a good question. I really think just because I love track so much, like I really think I would still want to do it in track. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Um, to time travel. Nice. Texting or talking? Talking. Morning person or night person? I'm definitely a night owl. I thought you were going to say morning person. I wake up real early, but I don't like it. <laughs> Describe yourself in three words. Um, funny, uh, motivated, and happy. Love those. If you were stranded on a tropical island and you had all the basic essentials, what are two things you would want to bring with you? I think I would need a good book. And some sunscreen. Love I would it. just make it a little vacation. A little vacay. I love <laughs> it. Um, tea or a latte? Oh, a latte for sure. Climb a mountain or jump from a plane? <gasps> jump from a plane. And last funny question. Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? <gasps> Oh, that one's so tough. But I think I have to talk to animals just because my experience with my dog has given me a hint of that. And it's amazing. I can't even believe what you've done. So for those who are listening, she has actually taught her dog how to communicate. Um, I'm actually going to put his Instagram handle in the show notes so people can check it out. <laughs> yes, do we. So we have little buttons and we record our voice onto the buttons. And so she presses it and it will say potty and then we'll take her potty. And so she's up to 25 words now and she uses sentences. So she'll say like eat now, meaning she wants to eat right now. And um, so we, we've really been able to learn what she loves and what she cares about. Amazing. I absolutely love it. Um, and the last question is a little bit more serious, but what is the best piece of advice you have ever gotten that you wish you might have known earlier? I think, um, can I say two? Because yes, absolutely. the first is that when I was about a year ago changing my life path, it was actually my mom who said, like, there's no timeline for your life. Um, and that has always stuck with me. But I also, have been told like, I need to believe in myself more because there's always a lot of self-doubt and 
started telling myself to believe in myself more. And the changes I've seen in my life in the last few months are better than I ever could have imagined. Oh, I love those two things. When we really believe in ourselves, what doors that open, it's incredible, you know? And I really think that everything starts with that belief in yourself. And once you take a step back and you start to tap into that, beautiful things really happen. Yeah, I completely agree. Oh, well, this has been so much fun. Now, where can our listeners find you? So I'm on Instagram, Taylor Arco. I, you can also email me if you need it, which is just taylor at taylorarco.com. Um, Instagram is the place that I'm most active. I also have a website, which is taylorarco.com. If you wanted to learn more about me, my services, anything like that. Go and check her out. Follow her on Instagram. She is a breath of fresh air. And thank you so much for being here, Taylor. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Do you struggle with limiting thoughts yourself? Maybe you are experiencing the imposter syndrome where you don't believe in yourself and your business and your negative reel is really holding you back. If so, I have a free resource for you. Head to the show notes and click on the link to get it. I promise you it will help you and therefore will help your business as well. If you're new to the podcast, thank you for being here. And if you haven't left a five-star review, please do so. I would really, really appreciate it. And if you or someone you know would love to be a guest on the Keeping Real podcast, check out the show notes as well and let's get you on the show. Hope you have the best day and thanks for keeping it real.